Thank you very much. Want to take your your place in our fellowship? 
to be baptized, we would be happy to have you here Easter morning about 10.30 for immersion. Bring your garments, and if you do not have any, of course, why, especially the women, they have robes in there, different sizes for the ladies. I don't think they have yet for all the men. But we're very happy to have you here with us uh, Easter morning. Then uh, Sunday afternoon is a funeral service to be held from someone who lived out in the country or somewhere from here that was, I believe, was converted here under Brother Neville's preaching here some time ago. I believe the name is Easter is something or other. They called me from the funeral home and asked if I and Brother Neville and a bunch of us would come and sing and have the services for Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock at the Motash Funeral Home. I don't remember the lady, Yeast, Yeast or Yeast. Many of you seen the paper, I suppose, tonight. And yes. Edna Justice, you may know her. She's perhaps a young woman, is she? Is that right? Sir? A young woman. I believe that her mother was calling me and said that she leaves two or three little children. That's sure too bad. Just goes to show the evil of of this mortal life, doesn't it? But in, if she was in Christ Jesus, she's far better off now than any person sitting in this yeah. She's walked through the valley of shadow of death that all mortals have to go in. Yeah. Someday you and I will have to journey that way too, but we'll not have to cross Jordan alone. Amen. Is our so we, we, if you desire to come to the Motaz Funeral Home, which is located on Maple Street between uh, Walnut and um, you know, I believe it's Locust and Wall Street on the right-hand side as you go west. Uh, I don't know where they're... What is the number? Like? 221. It's where the old Scotland Home Funeral Home is. And that's for Sunday afternoon and um, 2 o'clock. And then Sunday evening, the regular Easter services here again with Robert D. preaching uh, the... Death, burial, and resurrection for Sunday night, and we just don't know what our Lord will do for the following week coming on, whether the services will continue or just what for the coming week. We trust that you'll all be be here Sunday as can be. I recognize many of the preachers around. Somebody told me that Mr. Fuller was here that was used to be or come to our meetings as the man here. Brother aren't you the man who used to take me in New York from place to place? So to me. Happy to see you, Brother Fuller. The Lord bless you. And I've seen another little minister here that a Brother Tom didn't know. I don't even know the boy's last name, but I know they call him Junior back there. Uh, Jackson. Brother Jackson. Junior Jackson. Just raise up your hand, Brother Jackson. We're glad to have you with us even down around Elizabeth Methodist Church down there. We're the whole service pretty soon. The Lord willing, before we go back into the field. Now, the great call to India and everything is going denser and denser every day. Pray for me. Now, tonight, this is Good Friday. It's a night that when we all, or I guess in Jerusalem, but this time it sums up pretty well now on Saturday morning. But all day the people have crawled up that same old path there where the chalk crawfish drug out the bloody footprints of the barrier. Tears afflicting their souls, crying. Many great cathedrals and so forth today have celebrated this great memorial time as there ever was a time that the world ought to be celebrating this now. 
with our trouble. And um, I wonder if our sister sent us a little organ here. I, I love an organ. I'm just a tiny old-fashioned. Now, I wonder if we could uh, get a chord on that. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Just one of those good old-fashioned heart songs we used to sing a long time ago. And I wonder if we could all join in on that. I love it. There's a precious fountain. Free to all a healing stream that flows from power and power. How many know the verse of it anyhow? Or if you join right in with me now. And now let's just pull down the curtains around us and set our minds to some 1900 years ago this afternoon. What a sacrifice. The world's ever known nothing like that. Shut the whole world. And now, don't you want to stay near that place where if you're in the place of fellowship and blessings of you? Let's all sing it now, just the old-fashioned way, and I don't, just, just the way you sing it, just by yourself now. All right. But why don't you help me lead it, will you? I haven't got much of a voice now. All right. All right. Yeah. 
want to rededicate myself to the church now. I want to be on this good Friday night. God bless you. Father, I pray that you'll bless these who lifted their hands from those who did not even have the courage to do it. We pray that the all-sufficient one tonight will bless every one of them. We're thanking a power of God, Savior, ladies and gentlemen. Take it down. Let's give it to the hands of a wealthy man who's taken his body as a begging pirate, took it over and wrapped it in clean linen, and laid it in the grave. Oh, God, what a feeling. Must have been over those poor disciples. Seemed like they were defeated at that time. The one they trusted so much was now gone, but not for long. Just the bleeding sacrifice, that was all. Someday, a few hours later, he arose. Then joy came. Help us tonight, Lord, as we're in this season, may it be upon us that. We'll see the suffering that it costs for our redemption, the sadness that costs for us to be happy. And may our souls tonight, Lord, may we consecrate ourselves to thee, and our souls be afflicted to look down and see what, oh God, what a horrible thing. How cruel sin must be. And I pray, Father, that you'll bless us together now. Help thou me, oh God, as your servant standing here with a very poor voice and your children waiting to hear something from the word. Help me, Lord, and break the bread of life free to everyone as we rededicate our lives and our hearts, the tears of our hearts drop down deep in our bosom when we think of the sacrifice. Help us now, Lord, we ask to be Christ's just want to read a little now. If you'll give me your undivided attention for a little while and pray for me. <clears throat> In that Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, we have probably today heard radio broadcasts and so forth. I just thought of Christ today. I couldn't help him going out somewhere and just kneeling down. And I just had to weep when I thought of or my mind went back to see what's taking place there, child. I didn't get to hear any radio programs, but perhaps out of the gospel they preached, and maybe tomorrow night we'll approach it from that standpoint. But tonight, let's go back in the Old Testament. I want to talk on the cruelty of sin and the penalties that it costs to, to rid sin from our lives. In Isaiah 53, the prophet anointed 712 years before the coming of the Lord, he said these words, Who has believed our report? To whom of the arm of the Lord is revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and a root out of dry ground. He has no farm of harmony. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrow, when he was grief. And we hear the word of our faces from him. He was despised, and we have seen him not. Surely he has borne our grief, carried our sorrow. Yet we did have seen him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. 
but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. He opened not his mouth. He, he was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before shears dumb, so opened he not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. He was made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death, because he has done no violence, neither is there deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make a soul, uh, when thou shalt uh, shall see his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his feet and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. If I would call it a scripture text, and now I take the sixth verse, all we like sheep have gone astray. The Lord turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. I want to talk just a few moments. We're always happy when it comes to having the joy of the Lord in our midst, and how I rejoice with you greatly. But did you ever stop to think what it cost that? Did you ever realize just the price that's behind it? What judgment was and what the penalty of sin? How cruel must sin be when it calls the Son of God to go to Calvary and God will strike him and turn his face from him and smite him and, and they be afflicted. Look who he was. Now, I want to draw just a small picture to you talking now. Let's all of us take a little trip tonight on a, a little uh, ship, and let's, a little spaceship or airship. Let's go back a hundred million years before there was a world, before there even was a star or anything. And there you can see uh, nothing but space, and all that space was God. In the beginning was God. And now we'll watch coming into existence a little white light with caught like a halo, and that was the Son of God, the Logos, that went out of God in the beginning. And then the now that he is standing there and he in his mind he began to think of what a world would be and drew all this uh, picture in his mind. And he said, Let there be light and an atom split begin to break forward an atomic well, the first atomic explosion. And then them atoms begin to accumulate to it, made into cinders as a moisture or whatever it was, begin to break and the atoms split. And after a while, there came a star, a piece of a, a missile that flew off and went sailing through the air. He watched it maybe for a few million years and then stopped it. He had no hurry. He was had plenty of time, forever. He was from the beginning to the end. There was no time with him. And then another flies off and he stops it over this way. What's he doing? He's writing his first Bible. The first Bible was ever written was written in the sky, the zodiac. It starts out with the virgin. That's how he comes first. It ends up with Leo the Lion, the second coming. And he's writing his first Bible. The second Bible was written, was written by Enoch and put in the pyramid. 
The third Bible was written, and the last one is this one. God always does things in threes. God is perfect in threes. He's perfect. <coughs> Pardon me. He's perfect in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's perfect in justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's perfected in his threes. We are in his making, so we are perfected in threes, soul, body, and spirit. And our body is controlled of, of nerves, of blood, and of cell, flesh, three, all perfected in threes. And he said, after he'd got all of that made, before he'd ever done anything else, I can see this little halo move over over this world, which was merely a center, frozen, hanging out there like a great uh, iceberg, and he moved it over near the sun, and he began to turn it like that. Around the sun, it began to melt, the big ice glaciers tore loose. Texas is being formed, and the plains there, as we're talking about, the icebergs come down through there, best crowd just can figure out. And then the whole world, they could run down into the Gulf of Mexico and so forth, begin to bundle up with water. And the world was out farm and void. Now we're in Genesis 1, see. Now, then God moved and separated the firmament from the waters, and he made the light, and then he created all his creation. And as he made it, all the trees come up, the plants, and so forth. What a beautiful setup he had. He loved it. It was beautiful. And he thought that was fine. So he couldn't just leave it in that state. He had to leave something with it. So he says, let us, plural, make man, plural, in our own image. Let us make man in our own image. So then when God made his first man, he was a spirit man. He was something on the order of God, or the Son of God, the Logos. That was the first man. Then he gave the man jurisdiction over the, to lead all the animal life, just like the Holy Spirit leads the believer today. So here do this. Now, if we were perfect in submission to the Holy Spirit, God would lead us by the Holy Spirit, just like Adam led the animals of that day. So he, he made them, and then when he did, he began to move upon, upon the idea then that, that he had made man out of the dust of the earth. There was no man to till the soil, no one to do work, no physical being. So he made man out of the dust of the earth. Now there's where I think that botanists uh, or science and Christianity does not conflict one with another. Because science says the man came from a uh, different life, and uh, we say when you look at a man here, he's in the image of God. This is, was not the image of God to begin with. This is the image of animal life. And the um, evolutionists argues that we, I don't believe in the chain of evolution the way they do, all coming from the single cell, but I believe we evolute, certainly. The evolution one man from another. But then when God made all of that, and God uh, put the man in the, made him out of the dust of the earth. Now, not in his own image. He had already made the man. Then he breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. So the soul of man is the nature of the spirit. Now, when you're reborn, you don't get a new spirit. You get a new nature of that spirit. It's the same spirit, but a new nature of it. You take two men, send them together, both look alike, and one of them is a sinner. One of them is a, a Christian. One man say, i got a spirit the same as you have, see? But one of them is a different, his soul, his nature is different. He's been changed. So then he breathed into this man. Well, I don't know how, how he made him. He, 
He put him in five senses so he could contact his earthly home and see, taste, feel, smell in here. And he made him in that manner. Now, those senses were not to contact God. His sense to contact God was his spirit, his soul was the con. The soul is sense, the soul shall die. Now, I'm going a long ways around to get something, but I hope you get every point of it so you can see exactly what God had to do at Calvary. Now, when this man, then when he put him in his senses, his five senses, and then the man, he was lonesome, so he made him a wife, a helpmate, taken from his side, a rib, and made a woman. A beautiful type there, all in type of God taking from the side of Christ, the bride. See, God opened up Adam's side, taking a rib, which a man has, one less rib and a woman in the structure of the, the body. And now God opened up the side of Christ in the at Calvary and taken out the bride. The church comes through the blood of Christ into the body of Christ. That's how we come in. There's no other way. No matter what church you belong to, how good a man you are, how good a woman you are, you must accept God's all-sufficient sacrifice, his provided way for your life. That's the only way that you can come in, is through that. Now, there's only one way, and that's the door. Jesus taught that famous parable when he was here on earth. He said the wedding supper was made, and, and every man was given uh, a garment, and he found one man there without a garment. He said, friend, what are you, how come you haven't got a garment? Now, the oral custom of that, when the bridegroom invited every person he, he invited, he invited 50 people, then he had 50 rows, and he stood somewhere at the door, and every time a man come in rich or poor, he puts their robe on. Then no one knew when he was rich or poor, he all looked the same under a robe. And that's the way God does today. He gives the Holy Spirit, which is a type. Every man that he invites, we're all the same. Not this one called a little better than the other, and that little higher than this one. We're all the same in the sight of God. Everyone's invited to the wedding supper. Then, when he came in and he found one man there, now there's only one door to come through because there's where the garments is given out. And he found a man at the supper table without a garment on. He said, friend, what you doing here? Why haven't you got a garment on? And the man was speechless. He came in by a window some other way. He didn't come by the door. And every man that comes by Christ into the body of Christ receives the Holy Spirit. Amen. The robe. He's standing right there to put it on you just as soon as you come in. That's what he's promised and that's what he does. Now, back there in the, in the beginning in the Eden, then he made a wife for him or a helpmate. Now, you see these pictures in magazines sometimes of some artist. Uh, that's very poor inspiration. <laughs> if you'd see the E with hair sticking out like that and all that a horrible looking thing and say that was our mother, well, there would be no one in the world could admire that. I believe E was the most beautiful woman that's ever on the earth. That's right. When Adam looked at her, is he, he, it, it, why, it goes to show that strain comes right on down to human beings today. If it is, it'd be vice versa. So Adam taken Eve as his wife, and then when sin came in, and I have my idea of what that was, I don't express it in the church, let's just have a little class of some sort of what the sin was in the beginning, but anyhow, what it did is separated them from fellowship with God. Now, here's a picture I want to get. Now, when God realized, or some angel or some being had come up and told God that your son is lost, 
that we don't, we want something nice and dignified. Brother, that's not the way God receives it. It's either when I see the blood I'll pass over you. Blood, God, only substitutionary. There is, is in only the life laid in the blood. You may eat the meat thereof, but the blood thereof, which is the life thereof, pour it up on the ground. See? Not eat the life. Notice how beautiful. I'll think of that. Then God. So, now come up here, enemy, and before I can bring you out, I'm going to have to do something. So he goes over there on the hillside and gets a sheep, kill him, pull the skin off of him, let him die, because God has to keep his word, no matter how good a man you are, how good a woman you are, what you are, if God, God's got to keep his word. Amen. That's the reason the Virgin Mary had to go to, up to the day of Pentecost and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost just like the rest of them did because she was born here as a mortal and had to be born again before she could go there. Amen. Amen. Now look, ladies, let me tell you, just because the times have changed, God hasn't changed. Amen. You come anything short of that, you're lost. Now, I'm only speaking in behalf of what God did 1,900 years ago today on Calvary to show you what a sacrifice that had to be made to pay this, and that's God's way. Amen. Now, there's a way that seems right, but God has a provided way. Amen. If you always go in God's provided way, you'll never go wrong. Amen. Like if you start to go to Indianapolis or across the bridge, you say, well, here, is that little hole there? Yes, and you just take right across this way. You'll be caught up pretty soon. That's right. You better get the blueprint, the map, set it out and see which way you're going. And then here is God's blueprint to glory. Set it out. There it is. It's blood sprinkled all the way. You can't lose the package. You'll follow the blood. Just keep right with the blood and you'll be all right. For there's a bloody footprint every step of the way. Now, notice how God back there before he could do it. Now he could stand, or even they could stand to receive. He'd kill them right now. He had to, because he's sovereign. He has to keep his word. He said, the day you eat that up, that day you die. That settled it forever. Then I can see back there when he killed his sheep. He said, with his sheep, brother, that, I believe it. He was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And it was a sheep skin taken, throw them back in the bushes, and told them to wrap up in these and come out and receive. And I can see Adam and Eve pull these old bloody, flappy skins around them. Could you imagine the lovely, beautiful bodies of those two perfect human beings? Now, wrapped in bloody sheepskins. I see him stand out there. God said, Adam, because you listen to your wife instead of me, then I'll tuck you out of the dust and dust will return. Me, because you listen to the... Uh, the servant instead of me, while you brought life, took life out of the world, you'll have to bring life into the world. I'll multiply your sorrows, and your desires will be to your husband, and so forth. And he said, then, servant, because you did this, walked up. He was a reptile. He was a beast. Walked up more subtle than all the beasts of the field. Bear me record, that's record. Walked up like a man, and he had deceived her. And he said, and because you did this, off comes your legs, and 
On your belly you'll go all the days of your life, and dust shall be your meat. As that there they was. Judgment. God had to keep his judgment. Because it's spoken and he's God, he can't back up on it, he's got to say. In order to be God, God has to keep his word. Amen. That's right. So there, I can imagine seeing that poor little Eve when she looked at Adam. Her long blonde hair hanging down her back. Those big bright blue eyes that look like the skies where God has made them. The tears pouring down, mixing with the blood on the garments and flapping down around her body. He, Adam, with his strong body, caught her and leaned her over on his bosom. There are the tears mingling, falling as it runs through the sheepskin, blood dripping down, blood all the way. There. Now he says, you have to depart out of my presence. And I see Eve and Adam with their arms around one another, going, moving out like this. Them old sheepskin flopping against their legs, bloody beating on their legs. Then I can see all that space which was God. God has no beginning of days, ending of years. He's forever and forever. Amen. I can see all that great space begin to move together like this, coming down to a funnel shape like that, and it moves right down as we begin to eye that little couple going down through the Garden of Eden. Bloody skin flopping against the legs. He couldn't stand it, and it moved down. All it moved is down to the very heart of God. Felt L O V E. God so loved. He just couldn't see him go. He called him back, said, "I'm going to put enmity between your seed and Satan's seed." Then, when that was done, was it Calvary? When God Himself came down to a woman born of a virgin. I would like to deal there just a little bit in Eden. Notice when they were driven from the garden because of transgression. All the blessings cut off because of transgression. Now I think tonight that's what's the matter with the church. All the blessings are being cut off because of transgression. There you are. Driven from the Garden of Eden, I want you to notice, here comes when Cain and Abel, the two sons of Adam and Eve, came forward to make an offering. I believe the great cherubim was at the east side of the gate, and that sword whirling back and forth, guarding that gate there, and entered into Eden. Notice, fire, the Holy Spirit, fire, guarding the gate. And today, that's what guards the gate. Amen. If you're scared of Holy Ghost and fire, you'll never get in. Amen. By the sword of God, God is a consuming fire. Watching that tree, guarding that tree of life. And I notice, then, this is a beautiful picture. Oh, my. I can see Adam, or Cain and Abel, rather, Calling out or going out to make a sacrifice. I believe they built their altars at the gate, at the throne, where they can worship. Notice, here comes King. He probably worked all year, calling, doing everything he could to get the very biggest apples or the very biggest pumpkins or whatever he had, brought it up to the gate, building a 
right there on the side of the gate in the presence of God. Put all these fruits and the big cow lilies and everything and laid them on the altar correctly. Then knelt there and worshiped God. Now, I want you to, I hope this just soaks way down and it's never before you made Now, notice if God only requires you to go to church, Cain was just as just as Abel was. Amen. Cain built an altar unto the Lord. Yes. You say, well, Brother Ram, I don't only do that, but I make a sacrifice. I pay the foreign missions. Then things are all right. Things are all right, but God requires more. Cain did that himself. Amen. See? He brought a sacrifice. He worshiped the Lord. He knelt down and offered praise unto the Lord and said, Lord, here I am, here I am. And I brought you an offering. I feel an order. Amen. In so many words, I am a member of a church. Yes. Amen. Did it hit the bottom? Yes. I am a member of a church. I believe in you. So go to the bottom now, it's so freely. I am a believer in God. I have built an altar. I have brought a sacrifice. And here I am, Lord. I am worshiping you. God turned his back on me. Right? And he's showing. Like a pastor in this city said, You know what I do, preacher, on Easter morning? I said, What? And I tell all my folks, I tell them a Merry Christmas. So why? I said, I don't see them anymore than that Easter. Everybody comes out on Easter. That's all. Buy a new box, a new clothes. Yeah. That's what to do with Oh, and there'll be millions of dollars spent this year, tomorrow, in a Protestant realm of lilies, great, beautiful lilies. Each member will come around and lay it on the altar. God don't care about the lily on the altar. He wants you on the altar. It's lily. If you sacrifice, you are the guy to be on the altar. That's the difference. Putting what God requires on the altar is you. Now, I want you to notice how that, that strange, that forsaken, in Cain. And notice that the very... Now, this ought to make you feel real good. Some of you that's a pilgrim and wayfaring person. And we have to maybe say, well, I wish we could do this in our church and that. Be satisfied. Hallelujah. I've got to worship in a little room somewhere. The back alley. And I have God in it in a cathedral with God. Give the charity. I donate to churches. What about that, Brother Brown? That's all. 
Because you just give him first, he'll take care of the rest of it. Someone said, Brother Brown, do you believe this girl should come to the altar looking like this? I said, Brother, it's coming springtime. All those scrub oaks out there, every one of them's got the leaves out on their head last fall. But we don't have to go pick the leaves off to let new leaves come on. Just let the new life come up and the old leaves drop off. Hey, man. Listen, may I say this too. If the old leaves don't drop off, it shows the new life has become. Don't get angry with me now. I'm talking about you. Not by 
good works we're saved, but by his mercy. Not by works lest any man should boast. For we are for we are God's because it isn't what I am, it isn't what I do myself, it's what Christ in God has did for me and beautiful type. Here he comes dragging the little lamb, pull him along. I can imagine a little fellow falling. Probably knew what was near, dragging his little feet, perfect type of Christ, dragging the cross, God's lamb coming down to Jerusalem, falling weak. Here comes the little fellow breaking along, and when he got him up to the great rock, laid him up on the rock, taking a piece of sharp rock, I don't know, just he had no knives in those days, laid him like that, took him by the back of his head and pulled him up like this. Took a knife the rock and begin to chop his little throat. And the rock began to beat through his throat. On that rock died the lamb, bleeding, bleeding, blood splashing. His little arteries cut the blood pile over his little white wool, become bathed red there with blood. God looked down from the heaven and said, That's it. That's the way. The blood spring from his little veins. What was it? Of the Son of God, 1900 and something years ago, this afternoon, he was led from prison. He was taken to the judgment seat. And from there to the hall of scourges, from there up Golgotha, pulled up the hill. Simon the Serene helped him bear the cross. And there died on the rock of ages, with his blood beat out of him, his bottom tight. Hallelujah! Great big old gods of mocking soldiers sit upon his face. And he said, If my kingdom was in this world, I'd ask my father. He'd give me legions of angels that would come and fight him. But this is my father's kingdom. When thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. Thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. Oh my! One day, son, he said, What thy, that ever tree, seven angels. Say, just pull your hand loose and point your finger. That's all you have to do. We'll settle the question. I think it's the truth. Care if it's a good time that he saved others himself. He cannot say he's the greatest compliment was ever paid. If he saved himself, he couldn't save others. So he gave his life that he could save others. Oh, we like to keep us on a straight. God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was led to the slaughter like a sheep. He was led like a sheep down before his ears opened, not his mouth. Yet he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. How could you reject such massless love to see him as he goes staggered up the hillside? Poor little weak, frail body, bending beneath the load. I think of the poet when he sat there a day. He caught an insult. And you know, rendering rocks and darkening skies. My Savior bowed his head and died. The open veil revealed the way to heaven's joy and endless day. What a Savior. Oh my, how could we ever, how could I reject such matchless love? For one who would do that for me and you, I trust tonight, my brother, sister, 
that you will come. God, that was God's provided way. That's the way for you. That's the only one who can have anything to do with you. That's the one that took your place. That's the one that stands tonight. A resurrected Redeemer standing at the right hand of the Father tonight. Be begging and pleading for every sinner that's in this building to come to you. I trust that you will. I trust that you won't let this, this Easter pass. Dear friends, we're at the end of the road. I believe we are with all my heart. We're down to the end of the road. May the Lord Jesus bless you. May he make you a new creature in him tonight. It's my prayer. May he lead you. One time tonight, there was an old blind man in the Bible by the name of, of Barnabas. Old blind Barnabas. He had two little doves, we're told by history, that these little doves used to set out and do little tumbles over one another. And the people would, would hold their, it always cups. And then when the, the people would come by, they'd watch these little turtle doves do little tumbles. And they'd drop in coins for the old blind beggar. He's a married man, had a little girl. He'd never seen the little girl in his life. He's about 12, 14 years old at the stage that we're fixing to enter to his life now. And he was sitting one night, said his little girl got sick. He went to the Lord and said, Lord, if you just heal my little girl, I'll sacrifice my two doves for you tomorrow. So they, the Lord healed his little girl and he sacrificed the two doves. After a while, his, the first thing you know, his dear wife got sick. She thought she, they thought she was going to die. So he goes out to the Lord in the night, feeling his way along the side of the wall of his house, knelt down in the field and said, God, God, if you just spare my wife's life tomorrow, I'll sacrifice my lamb for you. Now you see blind men led by a dog today. They train those dogs to lead them. In them days, they trained sheep to lead people. And so he had a, a, a lamb that led him around. And he said, Lord, if you just heal my wife, well then tomorrow I'll sacrifice my lamb to you. And his wife got well. And the next day he was going up to the temple and said the high priest kept and stood out and said, Blind Bartimus, where are you going? He said, I am going up to the temple, O high priest, to sacrifice my lamb. I promised the Lord if you heal my wife, I would give my lamb. He said, You can't give that lamb, Bartimus, because at that lamb is your eyes. But I'll give you some money, and you buy your lamb. But the sellers in the temple, the Bartimus said, O high priest, I never promised God a lamb. I promised him this way. Oh, my. I wonder if you've made promises like that. Yes, you see that all sufficient land tonight. Lord, if you'll let me get well, I promise you I'll serve you. I'll do everything I can. If you let my baby live, or when you stand your mother was going down in the grave, your dad or your loved one, oh, God, I'll meet him. I'll meet him again. I wonder if you really. I wonder if this piece just sort of come and go without you fulfilling that what you promised. He went on up and offered his land. Come back, someone leading him around. So he said, then, when he come back, he said, Bartimus, you can't do that. The priest that went to take his land, he said, you can't take this, you can't sacrifice this land. He said, blind Bartimus, do you know that land is your eyes? He said, yes, I know that, but I promise God. And God will provide a lamb for blind Bartimus' eyes. <laughs> Not long after that, he was shivering in the cold one day. He heard a noise. 
God had provided the lamb. The blind Lord Jesus' eyes. He came along the street and said, What's all this noise? He's usually noise where he's at. So what's all this noise? He said, One Jesus of Nazareth has by he threw down his coat, not looking where it went. He didn't hear them. God had provided the lamb. He got right to the lamb. He said, Oh Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. The rich people and those who stood around to get close to the prophet, to the king, he said, Oh, be still, he can't hear you. He cried that much more. Someone said the days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as that day. He cried the louder. Now, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. God provided the lamb. That same lamb he provided for blind Lord Jesus' eyes, he provided for you. Nineteen hundred and something years ago to me, as he climbed Golgotha Hunter and offered himself all bruised and hacked together. Listen, friends. Remember, Abel went out into his herd and got the lamb and killed it on the sacrifice block. And protect this now. Abel died on the same rock that his lamb died. Are you willing tonight to die up to yourself? Are you willing to die out to all the thoughts of your Just lay on the rock with your lamb there and die out there. Oh, God have mercy. When I think of men and women who think of pride, young men and women who will give their lives over to things, and men of age, too, thinking of their job and of their practice in other neighborhood or something like that. Oh, why don't you crawl Calvary under the night? Let your own life be hacked out and die out on the cross with him. Throw your arms around the rock of ages. Let me hide myself in thee. While the mirror waters roll, while the tempest still is high, hide your my Savior. Hide. Let the world do whatever they want to. Let the theologians do whatever they want to. I don't want the theology. What I want is Jesus Christ. Let me die with my lamb. Oh, I know how hard it was that night. I walked in that little colored mission out there. And all those white folks standing out there said, There he goes into a colored mission. It was hard. I walked up there the whole hour, Kentucky cried in me like that, but God said, If you want it, walk out on in there. And I walked out in there and knelt down to an altar, and there I stayed until the Lamb, I died to old self filled Bram, 20 years ago. Hallelujah. I was crucified, but Christ, yet I live. Not me, but Christ lives in me. Someday in that glorious resurrection, when he comes, my body may be resting beneath the side of her. But when it does, you'll see the grass move back, and I'll come forth in his great glorious image. Hallelujah, for I know him in the power of his resurrection. I trust that's what I wanted to do tonight. Crawl right up dog off the other tonight. Let's take a little trip now. While you'll give us a few little sisters up near on my talk to thee. While we are, you say that's a funeral. Well, brother, if there ever was a time we need a funeral is right now. When man will die to herself and cry. Let's bow our heads silently now while she gives us a little card. If that's all right. Oh, God. Oh, what I think what happened. Even my bones tremble. I think of seeing that lamb. When they had the put horns on his head and pushed it down. The soldiers stood his face to die. King, I did something about it. He was a prophet of God. They put a rag around his face and hit him on his head with the reason that now prophesied so he did this. But the prophet said he opened not his mouth and done toward it. Tied his hands up behind him, stood off with a great whip and lashed until his precious ribs showed through his back. 
the blood running down his side, tinkling off on the ground. I hear him walk now. Out of his sandals, I hear the blood squashing. That was Emmanuel. That was God. God's blood. And I see him take, put that cross on his back, that old blistery, ragged, rugged cross. There he goes. Lay the cross and sore back. Down to the sea was the Howard mob. Last mission for him. There goes that prophet. There goes that great Jesus. There goes that devout healer. My Lord. Oh, God. Let me climb with him. There he goes up the hill. I see the young, half-dressed women running around making fun. Their boyfriends hugging one another as you go up the hill. Well, Lord, it hasn't changed too much yet. I see the great church members. And look, that was the guy who tear our church up, preached against our pastor. Look at him now. But the prophet said it must be that way. God's land. I see him as he turns his head and his fist, climbing that off of his beard, rolls his eyes up to heaven, groans and moves a little farther. Lord, by faith, I want to walk right now with him. I want to pat him on the back and say, Lord, I'm standing here. Just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Oh, I appreciate you, Lord. Yonder on the hill when he laid down, pulled his precious hands back, those hands that stood the fever, that hand that said to that poor widow woman's boy when it touched his brow or the casket he's laying in, he come to life. That one who called Darkus back to life. That one who called your eyes is God of the eyes. That one who said, Lazarus, come forth and lift her bleeding now. Parching, crying. The great cruel nails died into his hands and in his feet. They pierced my hands and my feet, said the prophet, 700 years before it happened. What was it? It was Abel's lamb. That is hanging down the ground and flesh tore his poor body quivered. That I thirst to give him vinegar. They rowed and mocked and made fun of him, said, You great pair of orders, do something about it now. Then the stars begin to get dark. Lightning begin to flash. God was hiding his face. He couldn't stand it no more. Oh, God, how cruel sin must be. How cruel, how cruel. They called that precious one to do that. He's such a price he paid to God himself in his face. The angels, they were faces and turned around to weep and looking. The moon and stars could not go any farther. They could not shine no more. The very God that created was dying on the cross. He bowed his head. Before he did that, he looked down at them people jamming for his garments. Fulfill what the prophet said. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what to do. All in love, Adam's land. God's providing that. 
praying from the top of There is God friendly. Even forsaken by God himself. God and his own father forsaken. Please. Yet we go around laughing, jealousy, just like nothing happened. Oh, God. It was not fun. When you're in the hospital, the doctor said he's dying. It was not blood of healing. Oh, sir, boy, I run around here. It was not blood of bringing me in my hands. It was not blood of drugs. They're taking me out of a debauch of a place that I'm living. Set me and make me your son. Oh, first man dying lamb, not precious blood. Keep me near the cross, Lord. That's my vision. That's what it is. Your love of all God's great hearts moving down there. And all that comes by him will not be rejected. They'll all receive everlasting life. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. God may every individual here go home tonight with this on their mind, thinking of what a sacrifice. What did it cost me? What did it cost God? It never cost us nothing. But it cost God his son. It cost God the greatest price. It cost Christ his life. He was the rose of Sharon. But to get the perfume out of a rose, you have to brush it up. His beautiful life was crushed a young man of 33 and a half years. And we might live. Here am I talking to thee. Stay near me, Lord. Stay near me. And when I come to the end of this road, my life is finished, Lord. May he who died there come near me then. May everyone here be likewise. Tomorrow, Lord, the day after tomorrow, marry a little woman who sat here in this church one time. Listen to the sermon. God knows all about her now. If she did come, she'd say that she didn't. She's gone. Oh, God, have mercy. May every man and woman, as they leave this building, I go to their home. Go thinking seriously. Nothing in my arms, just simply to that cross. And make each one die on that cross. Lord, I'm here to pull it tonight. This little old concrete structure, I consecrate my life to you. I thank you for what you've done for me. And I consecrate myself anew, this crucifixion, not memorial, to you. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me. All my mistakes and troubles, make me strong and powerful, Lord, in the Spirit of God, that I might win souls to you and bless this congregation. While we ask that in His name, forgive every sinner, we come never backslider, while we have our heads down. We have a sinner, mighty woman, in your gut now. Your boys, girls, all of you. Some of you young folks right there had to be shot at you the other night. I hate to do that. God bless your heart. You might call Brother Graham Mr. Ruffles, but I, I love you. I 